And we'll wrap up the Jefferson Exchange with the ground floor and a look at entrepreneurs in our region. Host Cynthia Schur today visits with Liz Cope of SEC Compliance Solutions. It's a business that helps investors and other businesses navigate the complicated waters of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commissions and stay on the good side of the law. You're listening to The Ground Floor on Jefferson Public Radio. I'm your host, Cynthia Schur, and today I'm speaking with Liz Cope, who is the CEO of SEC Solutions in Medford. Uh, hello, Liz. How are you today? I'm great, Cynthia. Thanks for having me here today. Yeah, glad to have you. So tell me a little bit about what SECC, that's a tongue twister, SEC Solutions does. Yeah, I know. SEC Compliance Solutions. Compliance yeah. Solutions. Yeah. You. So SEC stands for Securities Exchange Commission. Um, basically, what we do is we work with all registered investment advisors, and they're either registered at a federal level with the SEC, and I do have a handful that are registered with the state. And as a result, there's a ton of rules that they have to follow. And so they hire us to help them stay in compliance and navigate those rules and come up with um, practical solutions for their business. Great. So when you say uh, registered financial advisors, can you just give us some brand names of those so that people know what we're talking about? Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anyone locally um, that I'm aware of. I don't have any local clients, but it's um, it's definitely not. So they're investment advisors, which is different than a broker dealer. So I think most people probably think of broker dealers like Merle Lynch or Edward Jones. Mm-hmm. So um, investment advisors are fee only advisors, so they don't get paid on commissions when they buy or sell securities for you. They get paid other ways, so either a flat fee or based on assets under management. So depending upon the size of your portfolio, they'll take a small cut of that, and that's their fee for servicing your account. Um, But I I don't know if I can think any big names that you would be aware of, to be honest with you. Um, Do they tend to be be smaller businesses then? A lot of the clients I work with, yes. Mm -hmm. Those are my my bread and butter is that small to mid-size advisor. Mm -hmm. So yes. Mm -hmm. And they have the same kinds of compliance issues that, well, I don't know, do they have different compliance uh, issues than a broker dealer? Are they regulated similarly? Yeah, they they have a different set of regulations. So yeah, the broker dealer has their own set of regulations that they follow. And my clients that are registered federally have to follow what's the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. So that's their set of regulations. But Of course, when you're registered, it's not just the SEC's regulations. If they're managing ERISA accounts, so like pension plan money, then they also have to follow the rules of the Department of Labor. If they're managing private funds, then they also have to follow the Securities Act of 1934 and 1935. And then even when you're federally registered, the states have different regulation requirements when you're doing business in their state. And, of course, we live in a country where there's no way that every state is going to be uniform with their regulations. So um, needless to say, it's it's very complicated. Yes, it sure yeah. is. And and that's a very niche business. So tell us a little bit about how, what got you started in this business. What kind of qualifications did you need? And then how did you wind up in this niche? Yeah, yeah it's such a good question because when I was going to college, I never would have thought, I'm going to be a compliance consultant for registered investment. I had no idea this existed. But 
Um, I actually graduated. And to tell you how I got into the business, I just want to kind of quickly go through my background. But I actually graduated from SOU and I did the CPA track and I got a job at Moss Adams, just did audit and tax, working on my CPA license. And then I was offered a job at Ashland Partners, which is another local CPA firm that only provides work to investment advisors. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got introduced to the industry. And then it was there when um, I helped the firm launch a compliance division to um, – they offered a new service that was um, directly rated, related to some new rules that the SEC came out for investment advisors. And so then that's how I moved into this compliance consulting role. So you were you were you had one function at Ashland Partners, and then this new business came along, and then how did you wind up in that niche? Yeah. Um, so when I was at Ashland Partners, and this new rule came out, I was mm, like two or three years out of college at the point, and we actually had. Um, someone that was supposed to start that service offering. And unfortunately, not much was done and clients were starting to get a little bit upset about it. And I just saw an opportunity to solve the problem. And so um, I think I literally raised my hand. I said, I'll figure it out. And so (laughs) I, um, I, I locked myself in a conference room for a couple of weeks and I read these books that are ginormous to understand all of the rules that advisors are promulgated under. And then I put together a service offering that directly would help them with this new regulation, which the new regulation, just to specify, was that advisors had to have written policies and procedures, and then they had to annually test those policies and procedures. So I put up like a testing program. Like an audit? Yeah, Mm -hmm. basically, like an internal audit. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely think my CPA background helped me come up with that program. But then as far as understanding the regulations and how to roll it out, that just came from experience. So Mm -hmm. I rolled it out with the clients, and I was just really honest with what I knew and with what I didn't know and exhausted my resources and um, was able to – learned from experience and became a partner at the firm as a result of that growth. Mm -hmm. But now you run your own firm. Yes, I do. So what happened was while I was at Ashland Partners, the group of us spun out and became independent. And that was the firm was called Focus One. It was here locally, but with clients all over the U.S. Mm -hmm. And I was with that firm for about seven years. And then for personal reasons, I decided I wanted to start my own business and do it separately and independently. And so I started that in October of 2017. And all my clients came with me and a couple of employees. And um, they say in life, there's different moments where they're monumental because there definitely is a pre and a post. And that was definitely one of those moments for me and one I never, never will look back. I'm so glad I did that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To go on to own your own business. Yes. From, yeah. Really it's been interesting. Very rewarding. And so how do clients, how do clients find you or do you find them? Yeah. Um, so my business has been built primarily on referrals. And so um, one of the reasons I wanted to start my business was I wasn't necessarily starting a new service offering because I was doing the same thing I was under a different capacity. I wanted to change the culture that I had. And I wanted a culture that really focused on the people with my employees being number one and my clients being number two. And I knew if my clients were taken care of, then they would advocate for us. And so Really, it's been the referral business that has allowed me to grow, and that web has just been able to continue to expand. 
Great. So all referral business, not much advertising or, yeah. Yeah, not much. Yeah. Thank you. You're listening to The Ground Floor on Jefferson Public Radio. I'm your host, Cynthia Schur, and I'm speaking today with Liz Cope, CEO of SEC Compliance Solutions. So Liz, what kind of... uh, what kind of interesting challenges do your clients sometimes pose you? Because it's it's a very um, very technical field. Yeah, um, honestly, the the greatest challenge, not only for my clients but for us as well, is all the regulations that they're promulgated under. Because as I mentioned earlier, it's not just the rules that the SEC imposes upon them, but there's other rules that now impact them based on the type of business that they're offering and and where they're offering it at. And, you know, the the SEC particularly, they, they're they not the type of people that you can call and ask, is this how I should interpret this rule? Because uh-huh. they're just going to say, we don't provide legal advice. So really, you find out, you, the advisor, you find out when you get examined, whether or not you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong. And I know some of it's a product of, you know, for some of these advisors that aren't my client, they make mistakes because they just don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. But when they're a client of mine and I'm able to guide them, they still get deficiencies because of the SEC's interpretation of the rule that may differ from our interpretation of the rule. And sometimes, you know, our recommendations come from history of what we've experienced and, but then it can change because a new examiner could come in and decide to look at it a little bit differently. So that's that's the greatest challenge I would see that we face. And I think what overwhelms my clients and stresses them out and why they choose to hire us to, to help them out. I have a client on Friday that is getting examined and I'm sitting in on the interview with him and I've already had to prep him, you know, for it and, and how to approach the questions and the document requests. So it sounds like you can look at precedent, but you can't necessarily predict the future off that precedent. 100%. Yes, yes. And we have a commissioner right now that has just been proposing rules at a crazy level. Um, Not yet has anything been adopted from that, but we're expecting that those rules to start getting adopted. And, And when a new rule comes out, it's a lot of work a lot of times to try to implement and understand the new requirements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and do you find that you can uh, find the talent that you need to uh, service your clients here in Southern Oregon, or are you reaching out for talent nationwide? How does that work in your firm? Yeah, so I am a small firm, so there's nine employees, but so far my talent I have actually been finding outside of the Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them come almost all of them come from some, they have some kind of compliance experience in different types. So I have a couple that have actually worked for another consultant that does something similar to us, and that consultant was acquired, and so then they were looking for something different. And then I have employees that have worked for within an investment advisor. So they might not have full compliance experience, but they know enough about the inner workings um, and so those are the kinds of people I'm looking for. It's it's really complicated, so there needs to be some understanding about right. some basics. And then I can build them up and train them on the rest. Right. Yeah. Right. And so most of your workforce is remote. Most, uh, yeah. I have, I mean, we are a remote firm. We don't have an office space. 
um, our legal address is my home. <laughs> so, um, and I have one local employee. She's a, she's our administrative assistant, and then everybody else is remote and works from home. Wow. Yeah. So you didn't go through the same kind of uh, shock waves that the rest of the, the country pandemic. went through. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, as far as working, the work adjustments, no. But I think we still felt some of the same challenges just because individually we all were dealing with unique, you know, circumstances as a result of everything shutting down. But yeah, we were able to work continuously without any interruption. Oh, interesting. And yeah. you, you mentioned that one of the th- one of the reasons you wanted to start your own firm was to create your own culture. Yes. So what are some of your, I think everybody's looking for this now, what are some of your um, uh, tricks of the trade for maintaining a sense of culture with a remote workforce? Yeah. So um, it's definitely, I mean, everything presents its own challenges. But yeah, I, um, so basically I created a culture where people are first. That's basically what it is. And I and I have um, I've created it to where my employees are first and I make sure they're taken care of and they stay connected. But being remote is challenging. So um, we have weekly calls. We make it a habit to call each other every single day. We play games remotely over the phone. We get together once a year for training. So there's things that we do to stay connected because it is easy to feel like you're siloed when you're yes. working remotely. Right, right. And any – we often ask this question on the ground floor. Have you Has your business ever had sort of a near-death experience or something that you felt like yeah. you just really had to recover from? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I had um, two employees that basically at the same time gave me notice. And two doesn't seem like a lot, but at the time – where there was only five of us. So it was like almost half of my staff. And uh, it definitely felt like the walls were caving in. But fortunately enough, I was able to talk to them and I just asked them what it is that, you know, made them want to leave and what their concerns with. Because again, I focus on the people Mm -hmm. and I listened to them and we worked through it and they stayed and they are amazing. And I'm so grateful for that experience because it's also reinforced to me again how important it is to take care of your relationships right right. yeah thank you so much for explaining to us what sec compliance solutions does based here in in the rogue valley you've been listening to the ground floor on the jefferson exchange with liz cope ceo of sec compliance solutions i'm cynthia Schur. you can find us online at jeffexchange.org or subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening.